0: Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and this is season two. I'm so excited. And here I'm all about motivating and encouraging strong Christian businesswomen. I want you to know that whatever you may be facing in your life, you're not alone. Successes and failures are shared here, and not just by me, but by incredible guest speakers as well. So glad you found this podcast. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the Amy Williams show. I'm your host, Amy Williams. And today's extra special featured guest is Dr. Janine Staples. She is the founder of the Supreme Love Project, impacting nearly 1 million women in 18 different countries. She teaches women why they hurt so they can heal and let the highest version of themselves happen in life and love. Dr. Janine Staples, hello.
1: Hi, Amy Williams. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, thank you. I it is such an honor to have you, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Uh, before we get into it, can you just let the audience know, like, a little bit about you, some background, and like get to know you a little bit?
1: Sure. So I am the founder of the Supreme Love Project. It's an emotional justice initiative. Um, that supports women in really understanding their interior life, healing their interior life, so that they can change their exterior life. Uh, I'm a unique coach in the industry because I am also a scholar. I am an Ivy League-trained, tenured, full professor at a Research One global impact institution. That's the fanciest word for saying I'm the highest level professor that you can get in life. Um, That's a hard-won accomplishment, and I say that to say um, that the research that I use to found my coaching practice, to found my programs, to support women in overcoming some of the obstacles that keep them back and keep them small. You know, they're all based in research in real ethnographic research that I do with real women in the U S and abroad. And that's why our results are so powerful. That's why uh, we create so many amazing, amazing outcomes for women. Um, And that's why our community is so fantastic.
0: I think that's, uh, a huge success a huge accomplishment um, i didn't know that was a really long title
1: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it you is. earned it right you're like I if i if i earned it i'm going to use it
1: oh i did i earned it so i say it because i did earn it but also because i really would like to assure women i remember amy like um when i was sort of moving myself into a dis- into a direction where i said i want to change things i want to change my life i want to change my love story i want to change my income I want to change my impact on people. I wanted, I knew that I needed support, but I didn't want to get like cheap ragtag support. I wanted Mm -hmm. elite top of the line, like support that I could trust. And so I say my title and I say my accomplishments not to like big myself up. I say it for the people who are out there listening, who are like wondering, why would I listen to Janine Staples? I want you to rest assured that you can listen to me because I know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> I love it though. I think that's great. I think it's, 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 it speaks for itself because you're saying, hey, I've helped over 1 million women in 18 different co- countries. Like that's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's huge. It is. it is. So if you go back to like when you first started your coaching, how long have you been coaching?
1: Gosh, um, I would probably say 15 years.
0: That's incredible.
1: But I've been running the Supreme Love Project for... Six. We founded in 2015. So yeah, about okay. six years we've been running.
0: That's great. And then if you if you were to think back to like when you first started, did you vision what you're doing now or is it different?
1: I definitely visioned what I'm doing now, and it is different. So I visioned myself operating a coaching progr- um, program that's it's elite. We serve at this point um about 40 women a year, we're gonna move that up to 100. So in our next year, we're gonna do 100 women um, that we're gonna coach for our 12 month flagship program. So I did envision this. I envisioned um, serving at a really high level, speaking from stages, uh, delivering supportive results, like helping people to understand that the healing trajectory, like there's a process Mm
0: -hmm. to healing
1: consciousness. So I definitely envision this. The other things, this is what I've learned about vision, at least for me, vision, the way that we craft it is very, general. You know what I mean? Like the vision that you have for Mm -hmm. your business, or maybe your marriage, or maybe your parenting experience. It's very vague. It's like this big thing. It's like I know how I'll feel or how I would like to feel in that business. I know how I'd like to feel in that marriage. I know how I'd like to feel as a mom, or you know, it's like or an auntie or whatever your your role Mm -hmm. is in life. Um, The details are missing. And I believe that's by design, we don't get the details. And the details are missing, I believe, because if we had the details, we wouldn't use our faith.
0: Mm. And if That's we didn't so use our
1: faith, we wouldn't glorify God.
0: Well, you came, you came to bring it today, didn't you? I'm bringing it. Yep. <laughs> good. Good. Keep it going. <laughs> I I never really like thought deep into that. Like I vision stuff all the time. I, you know, all the time. Goals, write it down. You know the vision board, all those things. And as soon as you said that, I'm like, huh, yeah, so true. Then and, mm-hmm. and yes, we have to use the faith. I love it. Must. Um, so when you say I need to change my love story, yeah, what do you mean by that?
1: So I, um, gosh, probably all through my 20s and 30s, I just dated emotionally unavailable men.
0: Uh, Something like a really nice way to put it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that nice verbiage? It's so smooth yes. <laughs> and delicate for this podcast. Yeah, it, it was narcissists, dismissive avoidance, fearful avoidance, um, liars, cheaters, uh, or just men who weren't any of those things. They didn't, weren't personality disorder, they were just mean. Mm. Or um, just really not interested and just sort of tolerating me. Um, And I, at the same time that I was building these sort of toxic, what I call pain patterns, I was crushing it in my career. I was getting degrees and certifications and credentials and writing books and my dissertation and traveling the world. And so I had this lopsided existence Mm. and my existence felt lopsided energetically because I felt like I was just crashing and burning in my love story. And I was just, cruising like and crushing it in my life story where I would do like career or purpose and mission, you know? And so rewriting my love story was really important for me so that I could take my power back and figure out how to be deeply authentic, like living out my highest version of myself in every area of my life and not just one area of my life. I needed alignment so that I Mm -hmm. could feel like I was in integrity. You know, right. and not like a fraud or a fake, um because it didn't it didn't make sense. It filled me with so much dissonance that I could be such a people pleaser and an approval addict, and so fragile in my self-esteem and my self-concept, and yet so dynamic and so powerful and on fire in my career, in my mission and my ministry to the world. I was like, who am I? And I, I wanted to say this is who I am. And the only way I could say this is who I am was with was if I could unify myself into oneness. So I wanted to rewrite mm. my love story.
0: I love I love how self-aware you were or are and just going, you know, what? this like being in alignment. I, I guess when I think of alignment, I think of being in alignment with what God's calling me to and being in alignment with my purpose. Yeah, but there's different types of alignment too. So, I, I guess I would say like maybe sometimes for for someone it might be the opposite. Like, hey, my love life is great, my marriage is amazing, yeah. but over here my career is like tanking, or my finances, or you know my parenting, whatever that might be, that's sure. tanking. So, yeah. I love that you're saying, hey, I have to make this conscious decision to be in alignment with myself yeah. and be balanced. Yeah. That's a hard place to be living when you're imbalanced.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, my father used to say, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. And I used to think that was such a high standard and so unyielding. And I'd be like, daddy, you know, some people are good at one thing and not the other. He was like, listen, I'm talking about your ethic. I'm talking about your discipline. I'm talking about your commitment. I'm talking about your show up. How you do one thing is how you do everything. If you are running away from some area of your life, for me, it was love. I was running away from, Saying what I really wanted, um, really reconciling with what I really deserved, um, owning my voice, knowing my worth and value, putting it out there without being rude or inconsiderate or bitchy. Like I, I didn't, I, I wasn't finding a way to be the woman of my wildest dreams in relationships. And yet I was being the woman of my wildest dreams in these other areas of my life. And from my father's montage, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. His, he basically was saying it's eventually going to bleed. If uh-huh. you are in lacking in integrity, lacking in discipline, lacking in authenticity, lacking in power in one area of your life, it's going to bleed. It's going to bleed over into other areas of your life. It's going to contaminate everything. Get into alignment. Get whole or get out. I need to meet your dad. Yeah. He passed away. So he was, he passed away in 2007. No problem at all. He was just this mountain of a man. And I just feel so blessed to have had his wisdom in my life. And obviously it still flows through me today.
0: That's incredible. Uh, I too have lost my father. So um, my mom died in 2006 and my dad died in, oh gosh, now I'm going to put it right, right out there and not remember. When was that? 2018, 17? Anyway. It's mm-hmm. been like four years. I forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't forget, but I forget. You know what I mean.
1: I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I'm gonna
0: edit that part out. or I'm like, no, I don't know. Don't, a, don't edit
1: it out. That's <laughs> like your, the realness of the podcast. People want to hear the
0: realness. Uh, oh no, I so know it. it. You know those dates? Like they are ingrained. I do. Oh, they're ingrained.
1: And and this is the thing: when you graduate, in your consciousness, you get you gather up more experience, more time, more energy. There are more dates. There are more dates for deaths. There are more dates for births. There are more dates for anniversaries. There are yes. more dates for christenings. There are more dates for like yes. there are more dates. And yes. so it's it's okay. There's no judgment here.
0: Okay. I appreciate that. Um I was gonna ask you, I know this is totally a squirrel, but since we're right here in your um TED talk, you okay. mentioned that there was a time where a lot of your family members were passing like one after another. Yeah. Since we're on this subject, do you mind going into it just really briefly?
1: No, I don't mind. So I had a very Huxtable-like experience. You can't tell on the, from this podcast, but I'm Black. Maybe you can from my voice.
0: Well, they'll um, see it on the cover art. Oh, yeah, they'll your, see it on the your cover. Picture so or on Instagram. I'm
1: black. Yeah, I'm Black and I'm very Black. I'm, I love my Blackness and I was raised in a very um, uh, racial consciousness, a very deep racial consciousness and had a very like tight-knit community. So from birth until about... I don't know, 24, 25? I didn't know loss, really. Like I, I didn't know everybody's married, everybody's in love, everybody's happy, all families are intact, nobody's leaving, everybody's here. I didn't understand. Hmm. Death had all four of my grandparents, even had my great grandparents, I just didn't have that. And so, and then the needle moved. <laughs> the needle snap. moved. It, yeah, snap, crash, pop, crackle, like hmm. boom. And it started with my sister's um, uh, cancer diagnosis in 2007 at the age of 37. She was 37 when she got her cancer diagnosis. It it shook my family to the core, it was completely crushing. We were all impossibly close, so in love with each other. Um, Best friends, three girls, me and my two older sisters. And we went into like this frenzied panic we're all christian we all went to prayer we all went to fasting we all went to like searching the scriptures we all went to like prophesying we all went to like laying on of hands we all went to like mm-hmm. all of the things that you do to move heaven and earth to save someone or to to um to to move the fate of a person you know to change the fate of a person uh well then um, right after her di- her her cancer diagnosis um, within months, my father died, massive heart attack. So my sister cancer diagnosis in February of 2007, my father dropped dead of a heart attack um, just weeks after his birthday, a 66th birthday, July on our living room floor. Um, and then right after that, my, a year after that, like 10 months, my godfather, who's like my second father died of a massive heart attack. A few months after that, my godbrother, his oldest son, died of a massive heart attack. Then my grandparents started dying. My great aunties and my great uncles started dying. And it, it just, what happened was there was no way to catch breath. Uh-huh. So between like between like between the scope and sequence of grieving patterns, there needs to be a rest where, where, <laughs> where, where you can just mm-hmm. Cry. put your feet on the ground cry, mourn one person, like just that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to mourn one person. My yeah. dad died, but he was my mother's husband and he was my my sister's father. He was my niece's grandpa. Like there was all kinds of ways to mourn him. Right. Just, just so many ways to mourn one person. And there was no time. So in the sequence of these deaths, there were just no pauses that were mm-hmm. adequate to just catch breath. And so what ended up happening is I just had a nervous breakdown because I couldn't gather up time to sit and breathe. Every single time I got a little bit stable, the earth moved again and just the rug was pulled out from under me. Now I'm not special or unique, that's human experience. That's like a predicament of the human condition. We're all going to suffer loss Mm -hmm. and it's one of the most powerful um, spaces of evolution available Uh, to people, to humans on this planet, it's terrible and it's beautiful. Mm. It's all of the things. It's all of the things. And there's so many layers inside of it. There are ways we can grab hold of that beauty and that terror in it. And then there are ways we don't get connected to the beauty and the terror until we're out of it. Right. You know, and then it changes again. So in the TED Talk, I was talking about this season of... It was like four years, five years, where I just there were dozens of deaths. That's you know, insane. there were it, there was just like it, we almost reached like twenty-four, like between cousins and aunties and uncles and my mom, my my dad. It was just so many things and other And some of them are not literal deaths. Some of them are like uh, the, what I talk about in the TED Talk, figurative deaths, but like close to literal. My nephew attempted suicide um, at twelve after my sister, the year after my sister died um, because of his anxiety and fear and Mm -hmm. this sense of desperation. Um, My niece dropped out of college because she didn't want to be away from her little brother. There were all kinds of things that happened in and out of that space. And yeah, what I say in the TED Talk is when life comes like a a tsunami,
0: Mm. it's
1: basically an energetic tsunami. When life comes that way, I didn't say this in the TED talk, but I'm saying it now. You've got to have God.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: You got to have God.
0: Mhm. Because agree. what's
1: happening in life is too big for your brain. Way too big. It's too big. Now, yeah. you're literally going to die. You're going to explode. Your brain will explode. You'll form new neural pathways. Your energetic core, your DNA will all rearrange. You'll become a new person. You'll mm. die. That's essentially what I was saying in the talk. You yes. will die. Yep. And in order for you to be resurrected into something whole and complete and grounded, you gotta have a resurrection power in you. And Jesus is the resurrection. So you gotta have God.
0: Mm. Thank you for going into that. I just, I my, my brain, when you said that, I was like, hmm, I wanna know more about that. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. <laughs> I love how you said, yes, you need God. I know when, when my mom died, I was 21. And so I had, I turned 21 in September and she died November one. So you can imagine what I did, um, as a new 21 year old to hide and mask the pain, um, and, and to grieve in a, in a non-healthy way. Um, so then when my, my dad died four years ago, um, I knew what path not to take and, uh, and what path to take. It still doesn't make it any easier just because you have God doesn't make it necessarily like less painful. It makes it easier to understand maybe, but not less painful. It still hurts. Uh, That's why I'm like, I remember grieving my dad. And there was a moment where I like completely fell apart because I felt guilty because I hadn't been missing my mom. Yep. It was like this weird, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I was like, Sorry, mom, I still miss you too. Yep. <laughs> like they're up in heaven competing about my grief, like really.
1: That's, yeah, there are all kinds of ways that just iterations of consciousness rise up with stories about what's right and wrong, what's good and bad, what's appropriate in one moment or another. And that's why God is so important. Like you said, I completely agree, mm-hmm. Amy, it's not that having God makes it easier um, what, what happens is having God and having a ministry of the Holy Spirit, like literally having Christ consciousness gives you path. It gives you yes. path forward so that you don't drown in the abyss. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have to go over bumpy terrain, broken glass. You're still going to have to be crawling out of there sometimes mm-hmm. on your hands and bawling, but you, the point is you'll be going, you'll be yes. moving forward. You'll, you'll have path because mm-hmm. he is the way, the truth and the life. So that's another promise. Like if, we, if you have God, if you especially have Christ, You have a way through the grief, a way through the trouble and the trauma, a way through um, the grief and the despair.
0: I absolutely love that. You have path. You have have purpose. You still have momentum. You still have things you got to get done. So whether you're crawling through (laughs) bloody knees or not, keep going.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So when you talk about your healing trajectory, or when you talk about um, freedom from your obsessive thoughts, when you talk about those things, does that come from a place of experiencing that grief and that season of grief? Or is this something a little bit different?
1: I would say it comes from that season of grief specifically. Before that season of grief, I did struggle with anxiety. So I would like to be clear, the season of grief definitely spiked me. Mm-hmm. into a space of anxiety and depression. I was, um, though a very, very sensitive little girl. So I don't know how many women on your podcast are like, who me too. Like you can raise your hand and say, I was a sensitive little girl. I was an introvert, super nerdy. I was a bookie, like sort of like, you know, library girl. Yeah. And, um, I had trouble, uh, finding my voice outside of my home. See in my home, I was, fun and quirky and loud and comfortable outside of my home, like at school or at church or community center or wherever else, I literally was like, like Let me suck up my energy and just wait, wait for somebody else to talk first, wait for somebody else to volunteer first, wait for somebody else to do X, Y, Z, and then I'll sort of like see where I fit in. So I definitely felt anxious um, before the spike of this, this big space of grief, um, what I would say is, the so I had obsessive thoughts before I, I went through this season of multiple deaths. What the season of multiple deaths did for me and um, provided me with was um, just um, a stop gap. I, I I My whole life stopped because of all of the layers of grief, the layers of loss the layers of stress and anxiety. And so my obsessive thoughts just got louder and I noticed them more because I was stopped. I, I wasn't. I couldn't be busy anymore in my career because I could barely handle it. I could barely handle my schedule. I could barely handle meetings. I could barely handle it. So I spent a lot of time being still and like just frozen with snotty tears. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. knows snotty tears, oh, but yeah. they're next level, you know? <laughs> and so, my they're, not thoughts, they're
0: not they're pretty. They're not
1: pretty. It's like <laughs> puffy eyes, it's runny nose, it's bags, it's all the things. Um, and so I just learned about my obsessive thoughts because I was sitting still long enough to hear them. And I said to myself, if I don't get those thoughts under some kind of authority, this is my life. Like I'm not going to leave this pit, this is it. And I knew that I needed to get really serious about um, aligning my Christian life, which was filled with prayer and praise and worship and Bible study with mindfulness practices um, that could help me to quiet my nervous system. Like really like free me from so much adrenal failure helped me to understand how to quiet my thoughts, how to like understand what a trauma bond really was, how to engage with myself really powerfully. And that's where I started to do a lot of extra research um, into the interior lives of girls and women. And that's where I started to develop just a, a suite of um, of guided
0: meditations. I think one of the things when you when you go through I me mean, bonk my microphone, when you're going through that, that season, when you're going through a hard time, whatever, if it's grief, if it's marriage, if it's relationships in general, like it's so crappy and it sucks. But then when you get on the other side of it and you're like, uh-huh, you were trying to teach me something, you're going to use this for your good. And I think that's so incredible that you're like, okay, I really, the self-awareness is incredible, but just just knowing like, okay, now I need, I need to take this mm-hmm. and make it work for me. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So when, when you talk obsessive thoughts mm-hmm. and then you're saying anxiety, so what were some of like your obsessive thoughts, whether before that season or, or during or after, like, what are some examples maybe of obsessive thoughts?
1: So interestingly enough, because I was going through all of this familial loss, I also was losing girlfriends. And I don't know if that's something that your audience is familiar with or understands very well. I feel like if there's a bunch of women listening to us right now, you get that. You can lose friends. Um, when we go through these changes in personality and attitude and attribute, It's you can lose girlfriends. You fall Absolutely. out of alignment. Um, and I, I lost like a sister friend that was my best friend, my soul mate, soul sister. Also a Christian woman, went through college, um, like undergrad and grad together, pledged the same sorority, super tight, had lots of people in common. See, that's the other thing Mm. about girlfriends. You can really start to intertwine. There's so many people in common. When you quote unquote break up with a girlfriend, it has, it's like very similar to the breakup of like a marriage. It you is. know it's so many people know you as best friends and so many people are accustomed to seeing you as a pair or a trio like a group and then mm-hmm. the group is disbanded or the trio has dissolved the pair is like like
0: divorced and, and so, then the, the whole outside has no idea how to handle they don't what know how just happened. Handle. like yeah. what do you mean what yeah. what oh no what do, we do? Ah! what do we do what do we do
1: yeah like what's okay yeah. who mm-hmm. do we choose how does this yes. work you know yeah. all of those things so there were Losses in the family, uh, there were losses in friendship, and then there was loss in romantic love. So I was in and out of, um, tenuous relationships, romantic relationships during this five-year period with emotionally unavailable people. Uh, (laughs) that's the nice phrase that I used in the beginning. I'll just keep Uh using that. It's code. You know what it means. so sweet of you. It is. Okay. (laughs) Let's keep going with that. So, there were just breakups happening all over the place. And as I started to study psychology, I'm an anthropologist, but as I started to study, study anthropological psychology and do all the kinds of other research, I was like, oh, I started to self-identify. I was like, oh, I'm an anxious attachment style. I have an anxious attachment style. Um, there are different. There are like four different types. I self-diagnosed and I was like, oh, so I'm the chaser in so many of these relationships. I'm the person who's the pleaser. I'm the person who's running after relationships. I'm running after love because why? So I had to ask myself these questions. Why am I running after love? I'm running after love because I feel like I'm not good enough. I've got to prove that I'm a good partner, prove that I'm a great friend. I've got to do acrobat, acrobatics to show people that I'm reliable, smart, fun, sexy, trustworthy. I'm a ride or die. I'm your VIP. I feel so called out right now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Out of curiosity, what are the other three? Because that one like nails me to a T.
1: So there's Anxious Attachment Style. <clears throat> there's avoidant. So it's fearful avoidant. Um, that's where people who literally resist connection, they like like move, move away, step away, step away. There's dismissive avoidant. And those folks actually create connection, but they will criticize and judge and pick apart every person in their life because they want to dismiss and diminish those people so that they can have a reason to not attach, a reason to not be seen, a reason to not be in intimacy because they're terrified. Mm. And then there's secure attachment. So a secure attachment is someone who doesn't have those (laughs) hangups. It's a person who trusts
0: love. A person that's like normal.
1: Yeah. I don't even like that word, but it's it's a person who's done so much healing work in their interior life. They just trust in the abundance of love. They trust their worth. They trust their value. They trust that they're good enough. They trust that love will come and that it's easy. They trust that people are um, fair and honest and honorable um, and want to commit and connect. Goals. And, they, and they do too. <laughs> they do too. Hashtag goals. <laughs> goals. Those are the people walking around singing "We are family" in their head and mean uh-huh. it. Oh, uh. yeah, very well adjusted people.
0: So if you're saying you're number one, which was the or you An- were anxious attachment style, yeah. and you've worked you've worked through that, and now yes. you're at the secure yes, team. I'm secure. I'm secure. Awesome.
1: I'm secure. And so I call myself a recovering anxious because it's just like with any other addiction. Like if you're ever an alcoholic or you're a drug addict, you're just in recovery forever. And that means that you can get strong and get like really um, clear, but there's tripwire in my interior Mm -hmm. life. There's tripwire where I've done so much clearing work. I've cleared so many trauma bonds for my skin. And I am so huge. I'm Amazonian and oceanic as an entity, as an energetic force. There's tripwire in my psyche somewhere um, where I could be tripped back into anxiety. What I've done is I've cleared... The energy so much. It's really far back. I don't know. You know, I I think that I might be tripped back into anxious when I say what I need to say goodbye to my mother. So my mom is in her seventies now. She's spry, and my grandmother's in her nineties. My they my grandmother moved in with my mom. My mom takes care of her. Like they're both great, but they're gonna die, you know. And yeah, they're gonna go. I'll handle my grandmother well. She's ninety four. Like she's fine. I she's lived. It's fine. I I think when my mother dies, I'll be tripped into anxious. Back, I'll go back there.
0: But uh, you also have like all of the skill set. I do. And acknowledgement. So like yeah. you're preparing for that yeah. in a weird way, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a smart thing to do to prepare yourself for. Yeah. it. But also don't get caught up in that either. Absolutely. Um. So Absolutely. I think you'll you'll handle it better because you're, will. you're better equipped.
1: I will. I will. Yeah. It's I'm not too- gonna
0: make it easy. It's your mom. Right. It's my.
1: It's, mom. it's not easy. No. Yeah. There's yeah, not a, and no. Yeah, so I said all that to say there are these yeah. four types. We're never like sort of cured. Even a secure can devolve into um, anxious or um, um, avoidant, avoidant uh, given certain circumstances. So one of the most important things that we can learn as girls and women is to create really healthy, strong, smart, um, responsive boundaries, so that we protect our our consciousness. We, we protect our energy. We protect our health and wholeness because we know that we're, there's so many possibilities for us in terms of how we get to evolve. Um, I feel like I don't remember the question you asked me. I went on a tangent. Yikes.
0: I think that tangent was meant to be. Okay. <laughs> um, I, th- <laughs> I love it. I just would just going with it. Um, I think the the, the, the the last question I asked you was some examples of obsessive thoughts.
1: Oh, obsessive. Thoughts. And then we, sure, went, yeah, right. we went from
0: from that to the whole thing. But I loved where we were going. I'm not mad about it at all.
1: Yeah. So let me give you some examples of obsessive yeah. thoughts, especially for people now that you know the definitions of the attachment styles. So, yeah. as an anxious, some of my obsessive thoughts were, "I'm I'm not good enough. I'll never figure this out. I'll never get it right."
0: Mm-hmm. And you put
1: that on a loop, like literally on a loop. How do you feel at the end of that? Why the day? even try? Why even try? Like, Mm -hmm. why even get out of bed? Mm -hmm. Why pick up the phone call? Why show up to the meeting? Why go on the date? Why? Why? Just there's no reason. If you're never good enough and you'll never figure this out and you'll never get it right. So that was an obsessive thought that I found. And that thought was a spon So there are thoughts. Thoughts are sponsors. So your thoughts sponsor um, a somatic reaction. So if you're feeling... um like just maybe the thud energy, depression has like a thud where you just feel like a stone, mm. you know, you're just like a, a bundle of blah on the couch. Mm-hmm. There are sponsoring thoughts that create that energetic state. There are thoughts that you're thinking, even if they're subconscious, that bring you into that energy of thud because that energy is a result, it's an effect. There's a cause. The thoughts are the cause that create the result and the effect. So, in order to really do deep healing, you gotta um, level back, thread back to the sponsoring thought, and that's why obsessive thoughts are so important to notice and name.
0: Sometimes I don't like my sponsored thoughts.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right?
0: I feel like nor- like lately. I, I I think I said this on a episode a couple months back, but like you know how, like we talked about that season of grief, like, you know, there's, there's different seasons and like, you can kind of tell like, uh Oh, we're, we're entering a new season. I'm not sure I'm going to like this one. Um, but we're in like a really good season right now. And I want to knock on wood somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. marriage is great. Parenting, you know, much better than it was last year through a pandemic. You know, there's just, you can just tell like relationships are great. Family's good. Like, and so I always, whenever I'm in a really good season, I'm always really like Uh, not anxious, that's not the right word, but just leery of like what's around the corner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because I I also know
0: that pain and I'm like, I don't want to go through that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you will. So yeah. because life will continue to happen. You know, your kids will grow up. They're going to leave and go to college or the army or go get a job and get an apartment. They're going to leave and move out. You know, there's all kinds <laughs> of things that are going to happen. Yep. You, and your, you might go through a rough patch where he's like, I don't like you very much. And you're like, I don't like you either. And so then you've got to figure that out again and how to fall back in love. So right. it's just, it's going to happen. So one of the things I share with the women in my community is um, when things are going great, I'm in the same space, Amy, things are going great great. That's awesome. I am on the top of my game in every area and I'm like winning over here. I'm so excited. And it's very easy, especially when you've been through traumatic experiences, as just in adulting, um, to just be waiting for the other shoe to drop. And instead of waiting for the other shoe to, sh- to drop, what I say is, understand that's what's happening in like these abundant seasons. It's this where you're living off the fat of the land, you know, you're just like harvesting, it's harvesting, what you're doing is you're like enjoying, like have pleasure, Mm -hmm. lean back, like really deeply connect with how good it feels to feel whole and healthy and complete and connected, and build your foundation and build your infrastructure. So it's about this time is about being in pleasure. And it's also about building up power because if you can Mm -hmm. build, be in pleasure and enjoy where you are right now and be in power where you're like intentionally building great infrastructure all around your consciousness, all around your soul, your soma, then you'll know that when the seasons change and there's an attack, there is something that breaks, there's something Mm -hmm. that dissolves or dies, your infrastructure is so stable that you might feel the shake but your foundation is secure.
0: I love that analogy. Yeah, That's it's the best one. way
1: to live. Instead yeah. of waiting for the other shoe to drop, and you you yeah. ruin the the space
0: of pleasure in the now when you're just right. waiting
1: for something to go wrong. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. So true. I'm not. I'm not waiting for it. Like, yay, here yeah. it's coming. Yeah. No, not I know at you're all. not. <laughs> I know.
1: I know you're not. I know you. I think right. what I'm saying is, I know you're aware
0: mm-hmm. that
1: it's out there.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and so. The, yeah. When you, when you say, I think I'll handle my grandma. Okay. Yeah. Like, so I have one grandma left. Both of yeah. my parents are gone and the, uh, and the other three grandparents are gone. Yeah. Um. And then my husband's mom also passed two years ago. So we have Papa and then his, his mom is still around. So we have two great grandmas for our kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just think about like, there's days where I'm like, Oh my word, you, as a kid, you got gypped. Like you have no Papa Mimi over here, you only have Papa over here. Like it just, oh, it just it tears me to pieces. But I'm like, but man, that relationship that they have with Papa is yeah. incredible. And I love it. Yeah. But then there's my grandma. Mm-hmm. And especially because it's been 14 years without my mom in the middle of the two of us. Mm-hmm. She has become your mom. My mom. And it's like, but she's also 91. No. Oh, yes. 92, almost 92. Mine too,
1: 92, gonna be 93, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, what a life. Yeah. So there's there's that part where you're like, I'll be okay, because you've lived, but there's that other part of me that's like, there's so much more that goes with her. That's like, oh, yeah. yeah, but it, that's regardless. That's beyond, that's yeah, totally different. You know, and I have to just take each day as it comes and
1: yeah, thank God
0: that she's still here. And yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, what I would say is like, really start recording her. Use the resources you have right now, create podcast episodes with her, you know, so you can- That's a
0: great idea.
1: Do it, do it. Like have those episodes with her so you'll have them all on record. You can video and audio, create an archive, ask her great questions, tell her talk about her childhood and her marriage and your mom and all the things and get that record in. Like That's a great idea. Now.
0: Mm. I love it. Yep. You heard it here first, Janine's <laughs> idea. I love it. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about that the other day too. I'm like, I wonder how I could, how I could do that because I just would love to hear like, there's parts of her story that I have, yeah, no one. clue about. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are going to wrap it up. Um, I, I feel like there were so many things that we didn't get to talk about. I get to come um, back. There's got to be a part two. So we're <laughs> going to do that. I'm so serious because you said like lopsided existence and, you know, just I want to get more into those four attachment styles and there's just so much. You're coming back. Yes. Because my my full page of notes needs a second. <laughs> it, need, it needs a matching set.
1: <laughs> Fine with me.
0: Yay. That would be awesome. All right. So before we sign off, you wanted to offer the audience something. So I'll let you go ahead and talk about that.
1: Yeah. So I have developed a whole inventory of curriculum and support structures for girls and women, specifically women. Um, would like to do interior life work if you know that you need to heal a pain pattern if you know you need to get rid of a, a trauma bond there are lots of programs that we have available and to get started i want to introduce mindfulness practices to every woman who doesn't have it meditative mindfulness practices so i created many um guided meditations but the one i want to offer your community is called freedom from obsessive thoughts meditation and it's if i'm not mistaken like 10 minutes long Uh, It's an audio file that you can get when you go to our our link that are in the show notes and just get it for free, listen to it on a loop or as much as you need to um, to feel better and then communicate with my team and let them know how it's working for you um, and ask questions about what your next steps can be in the community to actually get more freedom um, as you move yourself forward into health and wholeness and alignment.
0: Hmm. I love it. So yeah, I will definitely put that in. And then we'll tag you on Instagram because I know you're there. And then so nobody should have an excuse not to be able to find you because we'll put it in all the things. Okay. And then, and um, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to part two with you.
1: Yes, me too. I'm so looking forward to it. Let me know
0: when we'll make it happen. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. thank you so much for listening in to the Amy Williams show for more about this episode or how you can start your own podcast go check out the if you have a moment would you please leave a review on itunes or stitcher it's seriously one of the biggest compliments you could give also come find me on instagram facebook and tiktok using the handle at the amy williams show Can't wait to see you over there. And don't forget, you are not made for a small life. It's time for you to go after it and live out your purpose. See you next week.